Kentucky Roll Call podcasts are brought to you by Cornbread Hemp. Folks, the March sadness, it's over. But now, it's my favorite time of the year. It's derby season. And Cornbread Hemp, they've got you covered for all of this month's festivities. Your pet not ready for Thunder Over Louisville? Try the CBD oil for pets. Anxious to host a few family and friends in town? Well, maybe try some of that full-spectrum CBD capsules before bed. Feet a little sore from a long day of walking around the paddock and infield? Well, just rub some CBD oil on those tired legs. Last but not least, you're probably going to suck down one too many mint juleps. That's where the extra strength CBD gummies really hit the spot on the first Sunday in May. Just use the promo code BIGX at cornbreadhemp.com and you'll save 30% off at checkout. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Happy Derby from our friends at Cornbread Hemp. Bueller, Bueller. Bueller, Bueller. Good morning. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cat, just the cat, just cats. Cats, tip. cats. The cats tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's gonna throw. Conrad. Touchdown, Kentucky. Touchdown, Kentucky. <laughs> Victory, Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, his buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Oh. Happy Wednesday to you, April 13th, 2022. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Roush said during the intro, whoever complained about that intro, they they stink. Bad take. Yeah. Love the Screaming Leech to get me fired up in the morning. Gets you pumped up, doesn't yeah. it? It gets me pumped up as well. I even like Screaming Leech. That was our producer, Justin Kalen. He even, he's not even a UK fan, and it gets him going to start his morning. There's a part of me, Justin, if we didn't talk about it before we came on air, I was going to start the show with it today. Well, we talked about this morning. Glad we talked about it off air then. Yeah, no need. Just, I guess, no need for a radio no need, discussion. No need to bring it up. <laughs> it, it relates back to Roush just. The, My tendency. No, not okay. I wasn't even going to go there. <laughs> uh, I was going to take it a different angle to protect you, to protect, <laughs> to protect your identity. Um, you've been in the station bathroom. Ooh, no. Like just ever? Oh yeah, yeah. It's plenty of times. It's, there's it's not a whole lot to it. <laughs> would, you, <laughs> would you take that bathroom over a porta pot? Yeah, what I would take a, that what over. About, a, what about a clean porta pot? A brand, brand new, new brand one? New. No, brand new porta potty. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Definitely, without a doubt. I just think it's honestly, and I'm not uh, I, I it's it's a it's a it's a bathroom that could use a good cleaning. Oh, without a doubt. You need to get creed on the rug there. Uh, this I've always said this carpet needs a good mopping. Um anyways, I just 
try to avoid that bathroom as much as I can, and there's somebody else at the station that like goes out of their way to use that bathroom. Oh. We're not going to say any names or drop any names about who we're talking about here. And I was just, I just was, because we don't. With spring practice, especially as of late, we haven't been in the studio as much. Right. There there used to be a person in here that uh, frequented that bathroom so much that it was uh, almost an HR issue. It was. It was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was. And they're no longer. I'll, at the I'll say this: the the other person we've alluded to today that uses it frequently for unknown reasons, despite living pretty close to the station, supposedly, they at least clean up after themselves. Other person. Couldn't say it about the other person so much. <laughs> All right, we'll leave it at that. I hope you're having a great Wednesday. <laughs> Hell of a start to the show. It's, it's exciting. It's exciting to see everybody. It's been yeah. like two weeks. Long time. Yeah. And it, um, it's really hot in the studio. And we've too. got a big, big guest next. Seventy-eight degrees. Oh wow. That is too hot for a room. Probably haven't switched to the AC yet. Well, no. No. I, and, no, it's probably still on. We here. don't have any windows to open in here. No. We could open the door. <laughs> I remember that was a problem though for a little while. I don't. I'm not sure why. Nobody knows anything around here. Yeah. We're gonna have Kellen Grady on the show today. Hey. Which should be a good time. You know, if we're gonna get basketball team guests, we got to get the one that gets up at 5 a.m. every day. That's what I was saying. That's that's what I was thinking. It's you know we don't always have guests on Kentucky Roll Call and and all serialness part of that is because it's just who there's we don't want to bother people like we don't want to be like hey buddy you're waking yeah we know you got three kids but you're waking <laughs> your ass up and you're talking sports at 7 15 on in a in a mid-market in a average city how does that sound and they're like oh I don't want to be mean and say no, but that is certainly an inconvenience. So we yeah, don't Bobby generally... Regan, you were up till 1 a.m. <laughs> watching college basketball. So we don't normally do it unless we really feel like we can bother somebody. Like E.J. Clark, we can bother. Bobby Regan, we can bother. Mm-hmm. But we had to go find an old man to be able to accommodate us for today. And that's Kellen Grady. And we're, we're pumped up to talk to him. Just uh, his one year at Kentucky, he, he, it seemed like he really appreciated being able to wear that jersey. Uh, we'll talk about his season, which started off amazing, looking mm-hmm. like he was going to shatter records. And then as the team collectively cooled off later in the year, with the exception maybe of Oscar Shibway, uh, things were a little different. And we can we can maybe ask him what what his opinion was on that. But we're going to uh, – he's doing a signing, and he wants to meet all the U.K. fans on Friday night. Roush at a place near and dear to your heart, KS Bar. Yeah. So hopefully a lot of folks will down. go out there and see him. He is top 10 all time in, in three-pointers made in a season, and you just wish he could have gotten that that long run to see just how high up he could well, go. He's at number eight, but he Oh, was, man, and if, if you – the way it was trending there in mid-February, you were like, oh, he could be number one uh, right up there. Before the tournament even started, and yeah. that was actually true. Uh, he only was 29 threes off from the single-season record. Oh man! Which That's like again, three game you know, for ten th- games. Yeah, three and, game for ten games. And he got. I mean, and he, you know, he'll be the first to admit that he got cool. And I at least appreciated Kellen being candid uh, in post game interviews. Like, just kind of stunk out there. Couldn't make any shots. And you know, I, I, I'm curious just the the shooter's mindset in general because I am not a shooter. I don't know what it's like to be money from three and to not only get hot but also to get cold and. How to kind of dig yourself out of that hole. Man, you want to 
Oh, I love Kellen Grady, and I'm excited to talk to him. He hit seven in that Alabama game. Dude, that the sec- the second one at Rupp, right? Yes, the one that they won. And the one that he hit the- right before half or the Rupp just went bonkers. It was just like he couldn't miss. The team was rocking and rolling. Rupp was rocking and rolling. He hit six the rest of the season. Mm. I know. It was just it, – it wasn't – you know, it wasn't always for lack of shots, but uh, that's basketball. That's that's the way that it goes. So we'll talk with him in hour number two. We hope that you will hang around. If you got any questions for him or anything just for us, text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450, 502-414-1450. Do want to remind everybody about Th- Thornton's in the Urban League this Thursday, which is tomorrow. They are having a mega hiring fair it's going to take place tomorrow. Norton Healthcare Sports and Learning Center, 3029 West Muhammad Ali, 3 to 6. Bring your ID, bring your resume. There's going to be on-site interviews. There's going to be on-site job offers. So if the interview goes well, some of these places may hire you right on the spot, and maybe just a couple days later, boom, you're into your new job. Maybe making anywhere from $15, $20 an hour, maybe more potentially. The great benefits of a lot of these jobs and – even just by showing up. Maybe you don't find the perfect fit for you, but you may learn something about yourself, and they're going to be giving away $50 gift cards while supplies last. So even just showing up could be beneficial to you. Thornton's and the Louisville Urban League trying to get you hired at a nice job. Bring your ID and resume. 3029 West Muhammad. Man, can I just say shout-out to me for having the willpower to walk into a Thornton's this morning to get a cup of coffee. You didn't and bring donuts for the group. No. Wow. That's just low class. I actually was up earlier today and kind of like did a slight little workout. That's why I kind of look like crap, but did a slight little oh, workout. That's why you look like crap. And I, uh, that's the only reason that I look a little like crap. <laughs> um, and I was like, I'm going to pop in a Thornton's. I need to get gas anyways, and I'll pick up some donuts. See, but I, I too decided not to even go. You went. I went, but it's it's back on the diet. I did a week oh, off the diet, diet spring break. Um, I'm going to be taking a week off the diet the 1st of May. So, you know, you got to gotta get back on it. I've, I've exercised two days in a row. So, nice. big kudos to me. And I actually ran on like I used my legs to run wow. for the first time since basketball. It, it, Old Man Basketball League back in, like, August, September. So, who, who did you play that Old Man Basketball League with? St. Paul? It was DeSales. It was a bunch of old DeSales oh, okay. guys, yeah. So, I didn't know this, and honestly, somewhat ticked off about it that I didn't know it. While you were playing the thrills and frills of high school basketball, I was doing the thrills and frills of intermediate high school basketball. Yeah, so that intramural league, do they have... You, like, you do for your church. Right. Yeah, they have an adult... All-Star Intramural League. You know how like a lot of churches will have their own like Sunday night men's league? Yes, correct. So supposedly these churches, these Catholic churches around town, will be like, all right, the we'll make an all-star team of our group, and then they go and they play other churches. We're going to get our best five and go, that yeah. sounds like fun. And supposedly this is real inside baseball for the Louisville Catholic community. Supposedly St. Patrick's is just dominant. Well, of course they are. They've got like Ro- yeah. Sam Roby and Alex Cupper and stuff like yeah. that. I mean, that's... N- former athlete. Former course. D1 athletes. Right, right. But I, get- I, want, I want in. Maybe I'll just go jo- join St. Patrick's. See if I can make that. I wonder if I would make the else. I don't. I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know if the answer is no. Is what I don't want to know. But good for you getting back out there. Yeah, yeah. Just you, you know, you you drink and eat. It's kind of like the uh, the post Christmas holiday season and like bowl season, and you just eating like crap and you've been drinking too much and you just feel bloated. Hey, you need to get back out there. Feels a little good. So uh, 
yeah, tr- trying to get back out there. Uh, spring practice is coming to a close. Today is the final one. Today. Yeah, today's the final one. Look, it's there for KSR to talk See with Mark later, Stoops. spring football. And the rest of the early enrollees. We got to talk to Keontae Goodwin, Grant Bingham, and Dane Key yesterday. Good kids. It's it's fun to hear from the early enrollees, TJ, because they're actually excited to talk to you. A lot of these guys, they kind of will roll their eyes at doing media after doing it for so long. These are they're spring chickens, you know. This is they just got here. They're pumped to talk about their first uh, experience with Kentucky football. Uh, Keontae was funny too because you know Keontae and Dane like they've been doing interviews with local reporters for years. Um, you know, he, at, Keontae caught himself. A couple of times, and then afterwards was laughing about how, like, man, I was trying to. He was trying to not say, you know what I mean. I, I think that was the phrase that he says too often uh-huh. when he does it. And he he caught himself in the middle of his third one. He was like, I know, I, I can't, I can't be saying it. Uh, and then in Dane's case, uh, I saw Ryan afterwards, and Ryan was like, did he clap his hands? Did he clap his hands together during it? Because apparently, when he gets excited, that's his kind of. He just kind of smacks them together, and it's 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 just fun, you know. Did he slap his hands? He did not. He did not. Yeah, yeah, big time. time. And uh, no, they they were both good to talk to. Keontae was talking about how you know Trent Williams is his favorite player, arguably the best offensive tackle in football, and Zach Yenzer coached him last year. So kind of kind of nice to have that does that connection uh, to be able to learn from a guy like that. He, him and Dame both feel like they've come along quite a bit. Dane gave a lot of credit to his brother uh, for, you know, the way that Stoops and Levis talk about it, particularly Stoops, just talked about Dane's maturity. Uh, a lot of kids in Dane's position could, you know, end up reading the headlines and, uh, you know, they're they're the hometown kid. Uh, you, you could get caught up in all of that, but uh, Dane's been very mature about it and a lot of it he credited just to his brother for who's been through the ringer before who helped him prepare for this not only just with stuff on the field but also the distractions and whatnot um, so it, and then the, putting the shoe on the other foot Grant Bingham's like man I'm just I'm happy to be here but I've got a long way to go I know I've got a long way to go good self-awareness yeah and, and that's kind of uh, it kind of reminded me of hearing from Eli Cox about three years ago where it was, uh, I'm excited to be here. I know I've got a lot of work to do. I'm not just going to be destroying my opponents. You know, Friday night high school football. Johnson Central would just mow teams down. And I asked him, I was like, so what's it kind of like to not just run block every play? And he's like, yeah, it's different. <laughs> There's a whole lot of learning. So uh, it's it's exciting to uh, it's exciting to to be able to talk to these kids who are pumped. They're, they're pumped to go through spring practice. Some of those older guys, it can be a drag waking up early every day for, or not every day, but 15 times throughout your spring um, to go do fundamental stuff. But the, these kids, they're, they're fired up to, to go through spring practice and are excited about the future. Well, that's good to hear. Great updates all around. Uh, it's been a heading into spring. We really had no idea. New offensive coordinator, some other new position coaches, new players, obviously new faces. Uh, there was some nerves going into it. And I feel like UK fans are leaving the spring with as high as expectations, at least for the offense. Certainly in the Stoops era, you could go back to probably 2007 is the year that everybody points back to a potent offense. But I still think that you would probably maybe expect UK's offense to put up better numbers even than the 2007 UK offense did. 
Uh, so that's a good spring when you have folks and you have fans wondering, thinking, questioning, believing, hoping that this could be one of the best offenses in their lifetime as a UK football fan. That's a successful spring. Defensively, I've got questions in the secondary, just like pretty much everybody else, but all things considered, good updates, good reports on that side of the ball as well. Done and dusted spring football. I know there's mm-hmm. going to be more interviews today, but I would consider it a success. Roush, somebody that covered it closer. Yeah, yeah. Would and really you? the only the only thing you shake your head at is losing Vito Tisdale. Um, and it just shows the kind of uh, red alarms. Like you, You've got to add two defensive backs probably in the transfer portal. Um, yeah. And, and I think some of it goes back to uh, the – the whiff that you had on the recruiting front with the junior college cornerbacks, the the kid who flipped to Mississippi State, they had committed for a long time. Yes, that that could have solved a lot of problems. Who was it, to Carlos Nicholson? There we go. Yeah, I had even forgotten his name. Cool as well. name. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've can, we've got sweet little Lucy, but if we ever have a boy, to Carlos Walker. Yeah, I mean, it, the thing too is you look back, some of Kentucky's best cornerbacks have been these JUCO guys for two years. Uh, and even the most recent one, Quandre Mosley, he used that COVID year, and it took him a little bit mm-hmm. longer, but he ended up playing well last year, and he's probably going to be on an NFL team, and, uh, at least a training camp roster, and could make it as a special team yeah. just because he got that athleticism. So uh, that, that that big whiff, I think, ultimately, you're going to feel that effects if Kentucky doesn't hit a home run in the portal. Uh, I know Kedron Smith is one that they haven't officially locked up yet, but they're working on um, – and, you know, the, this next wave of portal, folks, the basketball one has been slower than I expected. The football one, give it two weeks, and it's going to be, whew, it's going to be crazy. going to be a lot more guys. You there. think so? Yeah. yeah. Big that, names? That, that I mean, I, I don't know certainty one way or the other, but. I just can't imagine a big name going through spring, being butt slapped, kissed on, all you know, told how good they are, and then I'm out. Like, see well, ya. Thanks for the thanks for the coaching for the last few weeks or several years. I'm out of here. My stock's high. You guys are losers. I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm leaving town. I guess on the one hand, and you know, you all that have listened long enough, Kentucky roll call. T.J. Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. We go Monday through Friday, seven to nine. Replay of the show, nine to eleven. Get your podcast wherever you get your podcast. It's brought to you by Cornbread Hemp. It's the best ever. Mm-hmm. All those things. We'll probably tell you a little bit more about it later on. But if you're familiar with the show, we just go kind of where the conversation goes. But U of L with a huge loss in the portal yesterday. Oh, which, which didn't see that. Which I'm. I do want to at least bring that up or chat about it for just a brief second, but it's a reminder, especially one that hits pretty close to home, that while we're hoping Kentucky can land a secondary player and an offensive lineman from the transfer portal, and Tyler Steen, big suck it to you, buddy. <laughs> Ooh, I'm going to go win a national championship. What a dork. Yeah. What a dork. Who would want to do you that? Were be- you were best at Vanderbilt, nerd. <sighs> God, you want to talk about it? You're going to you're, you're go do your grad transfer year, maybe not even start. You want to talk about a transfer year change though? Vanderbilt the oh yeah, no, no. <laughs> no doubt. But I just don't know shot. why you'd go like risk not being a starter. I again winning a championship. I'm I'm being facetious. That would be pretty sweet, and especially being at Vanderbilt, I bet he could take all the winning that he could get. But you could be you know you may not start 
dude. Like, you could be hurting your stock here. Yep. But he'll get noticed. He wouldn't have gotten noticed at Vanderbilt. Yeah, no, no I Vanderbilt's disagree. Had now, now he would have got noticed at Kentucky, too. So, on yeah, the other side if of he's that. not playing at Alabama, how is he going to get noticed? Well, he'll, he'll have snaps. And, I mean, all eyes are on Alabama all year long. They have so. enough blowouts where they rotate exactly. guys in. But, oh, that, that one stung. Point is, as I've now diverted twice, yep. any concern anybody in UK could leave that is of importance because there may be somebody that just sees the writing on the wall. Roush is making an ugly face, folks. <laughs> he is making an ugly face. Now he's biting his lip. Did you see uh, Adam Luckett's offensive depth chart? Oh, no. Did you see the running backs? Oh. Well, no, but who? Just tell me. Internet's slow. It has to be Cavassier. Luckett had smoke fifth. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. No, 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 no. Listen. So, I mean... <laughs> I know, but that that's like another thing that like I don't think would be a big deal. Some would make a big deal. Did he have did he have Smoke fifth just because he thinks he's the fifth best running back? On Smoke was running with like Kaya Sharon at quarterback. Okay, you know, I mean, and I know Lavelle Wright wasn't playing as he did, but he has clearly been passed by Jatan McLean as the second oh, option. It kind of hurts my heart. I like Smoke. Like I thought he was good. S- Smoke's just. Um, you have so much you want to say about smoke, and I don't think any well, of it's personal. No, no, none, none of it is personal. But it's always it's always been a you can't make the club in the tub. You got to be practicing, dude. Like, there's there's a lot of stuff. Well, the coaches have said as much with, with exactly some those, with some of those regards. Yeah, you've always like I just go based on on the field production. I'm not at the practices. I'm not covering the team. Mm-hmm. That's really most of, and I can go off of what you all tell me, and that's I think baked into my opinion, but. Mostly, I just go by what I see on the field, and he was always mostly productive. There was obviously a time where UK had two young running backs and Smoke and Rodriguez, and we all had made our predictions about who we thought were going to step up. Kind of reminds me of that wide receiver class from the last go around, where I was big on Christian Lewis, but other folks were were maybe high on Chauncey Magwood or whoever it may be. And Rodriguez just was better than Smoke, but I still think Smoke provided something nice. Now. You have been right every time that you've said, like, McLean, 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 McLean. I do like the ceiling of him more than what you get from Smoke. Uh, it does make me a little sad just because I've always enjoyed him on the right. field, and he's got a cool name, and it kind of feels like he's just getting squeezed out a little bit, but that's SEC well, football. And that's part we of it. We wouldn't want it any other way at UK. You wouldn't want people who don't deserve more minutes to get more minutes just because – They've been there longer. They've been there a while. Right, yeah. right. And, and, and in this case, you're basically looking at, would you rather have Smoke or Mike Drennan getting touches? And Drennan's not only younger, but Drennan can actually catch the football. Smoke Smoke doesn't have hands. And while you also – do you want to push Drennan out to make Smoke – like you can make Drennan happy by giving more minutes. He seems like somebody that's on the fence of bouncing. Yeah. So – Sorry, smoke. Yeah, like there, you know, there's, there's, if if we've got to, if we got to cut somebody, it's going to be the senior that well, we feel like we can go on without smoke, anyway. Smoke's chance was last year when McLean couldn't play for half the season, and he just was ho hum. I thought he was okay. I, again, he never really like did enough where you couldn't keep him off. Like you had to keep him on the field. But I, I thought he did. You, you just wanted him as to, a relief guy for Rodriguez. I thought he did a solid job. He did. Yeah. So you just wanted him to be as good and as AJ Rose was your. Prior his senior season, and you know maybe maybe all of this is much ado about nothing, and smoke comes back, and he ends up earning his way, and has the kind of like AJ Rose senior season. I know AJ's first year 
when he was kind of the primary guy, he did like alongside Lynn Bowden in 2019, didn't do as well. But 2020, he he was much more explosive. Uh, but uh, that that's one. I you know you're probably going to get TJ right now. You you feel like you're getting more of a pecking order at receiver. We've got a solid two deep. There's going to be some dudes sprinkled in that that third group that are either just going to. Uh, some of them are probably just going to go elsewhere. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's just the the nature of the game happens everywhere yeah uh but i but i don't i don't really foresee any sort of big dog coming out but to your original point with how many people are gonna get their butt slapped during spring and then say sayonara and you had the georgia guy this week who was a former top 25 overall recruit um that that those aren't going to be a plenty but there, there's going to be a, a lot more dudes uh in that in that transfer portal, once not only spring practice is over, but they get the spring semester over, they've got a better feel for it. I mean, you look at last year, you got Jacquez Jones and Dare Rosenthal over the summer, starting left tackle, leading tackler. Along that same line, I was going to ask you this anyways, but you you kind of held my hand into the question as is. Did UK go too quickly on Javon Baker, or was he just you? If he wanted to come to UK, you took him instantly. I think and you he's didn't good risk enough. It. To, okay, yeah. Because yeah. you are seeing more bigger names, and you—I mean—you're already seeing some bigger names, and you're saying it's just going to even be crazier over the next two weeks. And I believe you. I that—I think that's a fair question. I don't think you would say that about Tavion Robinson either. Um, but the Baker one seemed to just come more out of left field. And then, yeah, all right, yeah. let me let me throw this at you. Okay. Where let's say Baker, Robinson, Taj Harris, rank them if you were UK. Who would you? Because Taj Harris thing seemed weird, and I think some people mentioned grades transferring yeah. into the SEC or stuff like that, blah, blah, blah. Which that's what's funny about the Texas Tech kid. Everybody's yeah, talking the about Terrence the Big Shannon. Ten credits. Mm-hmm. Which, which we'll d- maybe get to that a little bit later. It's like you need 72 credits or something to transfer into. No, you need 60 as a junior to transfer into the Big Ten. You only need 48 in the SEC. Yes. It just means less. Fine, fine by me. Yeah. And people, if you're wondering why that is, I guess the the farty fart sniffer Big Ten, they don't want people transferring in and like stealing a degree at the twelfth hour. Like yeah. you got your all your hours from Texas Tech. <laughs> you you could not be. You're a not Michigan coming man. to you're not coming to Michigan and getting twelve hours, and getting a big M on your degree. We don't think so. They're losers, folks. Um, but yeah, it, it seemed like maybe grades played a role in that, but. He, he was somebody that I got excited about briefly, and then they just kind of covered it up with Tavion Robinson so quickly that you forgot about it and moved on. But how would you rank those three? So Taj Harris would be doing what Javon Baker is going to be doing, and I think Baker has a lot more upside. He was obviously a much higher-ranked recruit. He doesn't have the production. So I would put Baker above Harris, and I think just for usage – Robinson's going to, uh, you know, I, I don't know about a pro prospect or anything like that, but from purely just a usage standpoint, Tavion Robinson is going to see get, get more balls thrown his way than than Baker. Baker might have a few more spectacular catches, a few more highlight reels, but I I, I would put Robinson a, ahead of all the other two. Okay. Because uh, he, he, he has such versatility, too. I wouldn't be surprised if he takes a punt to the house this year. You know, I mean, he's he's just a, a very good athlete that can be used in a variety of ways in this this offense. I enjoyed what I saw in the small sample of the spring game from him. It was hard not to think of Robinson, Wondell Robinson. Just, you know, maybe the last name aspect of it played a role in that. But, uh, all right, well, well good stuff. Let's, we need to go to a break because we're going to have to kind of do the show a little bit 
differently with times. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Here, let me ask you all. Let's just do some producing on the fly. Ooh. I think he's going to be calling in like at eight on the dot. Okay. Not eight ten like we normally mm. do. So we just take an early. We uh, could just go long and then take our daily double at like eight twenty after we get off the. I think Roush is right. I think the day. I think the double before eight. So like seven fifty double. Yeah. So commercial yeah. break, short segment. Yeah. Boom. Daily double. Yeah. Could also just not do the daily double. Uh, but no, that would feel weird. <laughs> we'll come, We'll be back. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. We'll have Kellen Grady on in hour number two of KRC today. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. In the tower of power, too sweet to be sour, I'm funky like a monkey. Sky's the limit and space is the place. Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. If you're looking for lunch plans today, stop by Salsaritas, two locations in Louisville, Middletown, and St. Matthews. Middletown has a drive-thru. St. Matthews, newly renovated. Download the Salsaritas app. It will save you time. Check out their delicious meats, seasoned to perfection, wildly addictive chips, hot and spicy salsa, queso. That's also really, really good, and I'm not even big on queso. Check out Salsaritas today. There's your lunch plans. Boom. Solved it for you. Oh man, I thought it was Tuesday again. Not Taco Tuesday. I actually thought yesterday because I'm I'm off Friday. No big deal. Well, I'll be doing radio. So everybody, no, don't panic. I'll be doing radio. Fear not. But I'm not. I, I won't be going into the office or don't plan on it as of today. Um, and I, I could. What were we? What, where were we at? There? Taco Tuesday days mixed up. Oh yeah. So I thought all this whole week is shifted ahead. I think yeah. today is Thursday. Yeah. So I'm on a different. It's Taco Thursday. Happy Thursday. No, quit that. Oh, you missed Survivor last night. Quit it's that. great. <laughs> quit that. Remind you of the classic case of the bunny in the mailbox? The rabbit in the mailbox? I'm excited about that tonight. Same. But really, yeah, last night I was like, oh, it's Wednesday. I, all day I thought it was Wednesday yesterday. Did, uh, did you watch any of the NBA playoff games? I did. Yes, I watched some of the Brooklyn game. Did some lady glue herself to the court in yes. the Timberwolves game? Yeah, yes. Apparently so. What it a said, nut. It, did you see what her shirt said? Yeah, something about like frying chickens alive or something. So she was, I guess, protesting the owner how he roasts animals alive, but this man sold the team like 276 days ago. <laughs> Like he's not even the owner of the Timberwolves oh, anymore. Oh, that's great. I, and I, I knew it was some like animal cruelty thing because apparently somebody did that two days ago as well. Suppose, they glued themselves to something. Well, supposedly people are killing off their like chickens because of the bird flu so bad. So it's yeah. best just to not let it like spread and kill right, all the right, chickens. Right, 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 right. Um, so I guess these activists just want all the birds dead, yeah, not just like, some of them dead. Right. I don't know. I don't know. But that's wild to glue yourself. Did it take a while to get her off? <laughs> Uh, not really. No, they they I just play around her. It took a while for them to get the glue off the court. I uh, just play oh, around her. But yeah. it was it was funny the way it like played out because so Marv went to 
I think we had a um, arena worker fall on the floor. Oh, they got her up really quick, so it might not have been an arena worker. And then Reggie's like, "Well, there might be blood on the floor. We got to clean the blood up." And then so Mar- no clue. And then Marv transitioned to, "Well, I'm being told that she was writing graffiti on the floor." And then they came back and interviewed the the sideline reporter, and she was like, "No, she was actually gluing herself." Oh man, that actually is kind of like graffiti on the floor. What if that ends up being a thing? It was, it was like funny. Like rush out there. I mean, you wouldn't have enough time to do anything more than just like a line, but. But it's like the pouring the paint on the people with the fur coats. Oh, yeah. Yeah, except graffiti on the floor. It has to be harder to sneak in like a whole can of paint, but a little spray can. It was funny, though, because Marv played on the whole. Before they knew it was the glue and it was still graffiti, he was playing on the Reggie Miller Wendy's commercials. And Reggie was like, Yeah, I'll go down there and I'll write Baconator. And <laughs> it was pretty, pretty hilarious. <laughs> Well, I heard Minnesota, I didn't get to see it, but they really embraced the play-in game and had like a really bonkers atmosphere for it, which I think is so cool. It mm-hmm. makes me... Oh, still... I saw Pat Beverly like take his shirt off after the game yeah. and like get up on uh, the table. How, long, how long could you all play in a game of basketball with Patrick Beverly guarding you before you punch him in the face? Because uh, I wouldn't make it five minutes. I swear, that guy would get under my skin so bad. Not punch him in the face because he would just Kill beat you. the crap yeah. out of me. Um, almost instantaneously. Yeah, yeah but so. I, I will say, though, he is basically the scout team All-American of the NBA. You know? That just, in your face all the time, annoying as hell guy. God, he just, ugh. Kind of seems like a crazy. He kind of seems a little crazy. He does. Absolutely. It seems like, yeah, it does Absolutely. seem like he's got maybe a few screws loose. But that's cool, and that's why I don't... My hopes and ambitions aren't totally crushed on it, but they certainly aren't high and as inspirational, I suppose, as they once were. I don't think NBA teams coming to Louisville in my lifetime, sadly, and I used to think that was the case. But Minnesota last night was why I still want it to happen and hope that it happens. It probably won't happen, but it's a... You could have like even if Louisville was like the eighth mm-hmm. best team and people didn't care during the regular season. Hey, they're hosting it, and I guess they wouldn't host if they were the eighth seed, but they would host the second playing game if they lost their first one. But uh, just people going downtown, getting crazy for middle of April once Man. sports have kind of ended, be the perfect kind of bridge for the next two months to try yeah. to get us into the spring or well, summer football. And then even the regular season where you can just. Because you know somebody would be giving away tickets, and you oh, just yeah. go have some beers and watch the basketball. Be like a Tuesday night, and even if you were like, Man. we're only going to stay till the half, and we'll catch the second half at home. Be so great. Knowing that you probably wouldn't, and you just wouldn't care about it, because right. it's a regular season NBA game. But yes, I agree with you. But that's good for Minnesota. They've been a really bad NBA team for a long time, and so cool that they had a good atmosphere. They got the win over the Clippers, so they are in, right? Yep. Yes. They're the seven seed. The Clippers the Nets. have to beat the losers of tonight's game. Yes, yes. The Nets are officially in. Kyrie went nuts. So did you all know these aren't playoff games? Play- oh, so it yeah. doesn't count as there's... We talked about this last year, whether yeah. like the stats count towards yeah. the... All- so they just don't count for nothing. I guess not, no. I think they're just like in a jar and yeah. get thrown away afterwards. <laughs> it's silly. Because Horta uh, talks tonight. I'm I'm going to watch and I'm excited. Hornets are a fun little team. Mm-hmm. Reggie last night kept saying Marv would be Marv kept stressing this is not a playoff game. Well, it is to me. I'm thinking it's the playoffs. Well, <laughs> for the nine tenth games, I mean it is a playoff game. Yeah. If you lose, you're done. You're done. Yeah. Yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, and then you have Spurs Pelicans tonight, which is absolutely wild that the Pelicans are playing in a kind of playoff. Apparently, game. Zion uh, could still play this year. 
According to his dad, he's coming back. Yeah, right. <laughs> he did. He had a five-on-five scrimmage the other yep. day. Played real basketball. Text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. A little birdie told me Nick Roush wants to talk baseball. You, I'm here we for We don't it. often talk about bad teams, uh, but... Oh, can I interrupt you very quickly? Yes. Oscar Sheboy is speaking with Andy Bashir at the governor's prayer breakfast this morning. Oh, nice. Think any news comes out of this? Probably not. Okay. Prayer breakfast. He also was. Prayer breakfast. We do with, need to talk about some of the things he met did with say. Mitch McConnell. Yeah. Yeah. And They're, the crafts. So okay, no. he's definitely going bro. <laughs> <laughs> he's back, baby. Woo! All right, go on with baseball. We'll talk a little Oscar later on. Sorry to interrupt you. Yesterday was opening day, big day in Cincinnati, and so, I mean, n- not just. I mean, it's a it's their derby basically. Everybody takes off school. Takes off work. They might even just shut down schools to go to the parade, go to the game. Uh, it was weird this year because of the lockout where they actually opened on the road. But nevertheless, a lot of folks are excited, even if it is going to be a stinky team where they sold off all their good players. And um, it gave the ownership group, the Castellini family, an opportunity to talk about their team. We got a bizarre interview from the old man, uh, Bob Castellini where he was like reading from a script and couldn't really do it. It was very awkward. And then we got this. He's talking about the players. I saw that. Yeah, it was very like, awkward. Oh, yeah, you're so excited about the player. Oh, that you can't even just, pronounce his name right. You couldn't pronounce Tower Mo- uh He called it Molly. I had an, I, I, it, was, it was very bizarre. Who could uh, ever pronounce a name wrong, you know? Yeah. Not n- me. Definitely not me. Uh, and then you had this interview with his son, Rob Castellini, on the radio. That's, that's the bottom line. Sloney asked you about the quote, show a little faith in us, right? Yeah. And, and I, I saw you got right to the Colts. So you, you have people who say, look, uh, faith is earned, 15 years of ownership. They haven't won to the extent that we would like. And so you had my faith, but you've lost it. Why should that fan maintain trust in you? Well, where are you going to go? <laughs> Let's start there. I mean, sell but the team to who? I mean, well, that's the other thing. I mean, you want to have this debate? You know, if, if you want to look at what would you do with this team to have it be more profitable, make more money, compete more in the current economic system that this game exists, mm-hmm. it would be to pick it up and move it somewhere else. Yeah. And so be careful what you ask for. You know, I think we're doing the best we can do with the resources well, that we I, have. I, I, we're no more pleased yeah. with the results than the right. fans. I'm not sitting here saying anybody should be. I'm not polishing any trophies in the office <laughs> yeah. right now, and that's what we're here to do. Um, but, you know, the bottom line is, and, and I do think we've had to shift the discipline. We've tried a lot of things that didn't work, uh, and they came this close to working and didn't. Uh, nobody's got to right. tell me it you didn't tried. work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. So I think we've learned Different from approach. those things. And trust me, Nick is, is, a, is, a, he is a guy on a That's mission. A and uh, he is a, a bull yep, in a china a shop that has his way to do it, and that way is to grow your own, and he's doing just that. His only job there is to polish trophies. Wow, you don't that's, like probably it? Why, that's probably why the Reds aren't winning. The only way we can be good is to not be in Cincinnati. <laughs> that is just such a loser mindset. He apologized for it. Did you see that? I did not see that. Yeah, he he came out and he said that he shouldn't have said it, and he was wrong to do it, and that's a deep fly ball but- to left field. <laughs> back, back, back. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I mean – it's pretty clear and obvious that you're using this as a money-making venture. And every time they seemingly get close, they're still one or two players away. Because they freaking trade everybody. Yeah, and and they had, what, two or three times where they actually did make some moves around the All-Star break. You're like, okay, they could be close. 
But they're always two bullpen players away. The bullpen blows it, and then they end up coming up short and making the playoffs. Was it last year? Whenever they thought, oh, well, they're, they're going to make the playoffs. No problem here. And just completely fell apart. Yep. Like every other year. I mean, they, he's owned the team for 15 years now, I guess. And we've made the playoffs, I think, three times. And that, yeah. might, that might be generous. Yeah, the one that was really bad was the 2-0 lead had never lost three games in a row at home, and then they lost three games in a row at home. Mm-hmm. That was that was brutal. But I just I, I, I think it's sad, though, that baseball is a sport. It's a, it's a big hometown. It's a regional hometown kind of feel. Like, you have your baseball team. You follow your team. You don't necessarily follow the whole league like we would follow the NFL. And Reds fans are as long time and as loyal as they come. A lot of the the older generation grew up watching the big red machine and they've taught their kids how to be Reds fans and the people who are running the show have this mentality. Like, well, yeah, we're not going to be able to win because we can't pay people $500 million. So, sorry, tough luck. It's like, that's just such an awful way to treat people who care so much, who are a big reason why that you can basically have this retirement. Like, owning a baseball team, you're making money without doing anything. You can do absolutely nothing and make money. And that's what they're going to do. It's it's just, I, I really feel look for your you, Reds fans. Yeah, look at you sticking up I for really the, feel the Cincinnati for you. Reds. Reds suck. Couldn't even beat the Guardians. I mean, it was, and I, I just listened to it a little bit on, on the radio. <laughs> and it was, well, it was a 2-2 ball game entering the ninth, and the Guardians have scored six unanswered. No, it was 4-4. And then, oh, and there's a grand slam by Ramirez. I'm like, of course. Just giving up a grand slam and six runs in the ninth to lose. I've always been impressed by Reds opening day. I know they take a lot of pride in it. Looks super cool. Would love to go to one. Sucks that they didn't start there on the actual opening day. Yeah, that should be like a MLB rule. And and I think maybe it used to be like the Reds were always going to start. I think it's only happened three times where they didn't start at home. Yeah. Pretty yeah, crazy. so that's pretty dumb that they did. Well, they so they started year. at Atlanta this year and Atlanta didn't even do the ring ceremony on opening night. <laughs> they did it the second night. Yeah, I've seen some places like, do what? that before. Because they, they they like they kind of celebrate it each game they have something different. So I guess the second night was the ring ceremony, but maybe the first night was like the banner or the flag or something like that. Um yeah, they they split the series with the Braves, which was like a huge win for Cincinnati. Braves aren't going to be great. Well, be tough to. They lost their guy. Yeah. Freddie Freeman. Heart and soul. Red Sox won yesterday. No big deal. Congrats. Thank you. I did it. All right. Text into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Well, we at least already touched on it. Oscar said yesterday he's getting really close. Mm -hmm. He's talking with the big man upstairs. I know some people take this stuff too seriously. So if you are, if you're one of those people, don't. Do we have any hope that God's going to give us good news, though, if God is playing a big role in this for Kentucky fans? Because we've been short on good news for UK basketball in a while, so if we're relying on the big guy to give to lead the way well, for Oscar, maybe we're due. He's been get, putting us through tri- our, our. This is the start I, of the yeah. It's been like through we, we hell. Put, here's heaven. Forty days and nights in okay. Lent. We we've gone through the desert. It is Holy Week. Yeah, and there we go. This is on the third day. Maybe that's what Oscar's waiting for. He's a pretty religious guy. Got to get through Holy Week. Wednesday of Holy Week during the the real Holy Week would have been great. I mean, the party's been going on for a few days now. Palm Sunday, not that long ago, but everybody's still super pumped up. Oh, yeah. 
it's in the next 24 hours where things, things go south. Things get a little hairy. <laughs> it's like the last night on the Titanic where Jack's painting Rose in the car and whatnot. They're you know? all getting drunk on wine, mm-hmm. and then it all goes to hell. That, that, that Judas. That Judas. But he said that he's getting closer in all seriousness. Mm-hmm. He's a very religious person, and, and uh, that's great. He is praying on his decision. He seems close. As we alluded to, I don't think he's meeting with Mitch McConnell and all these big movers and shakers if he's just going pro. How how great is it, like that, like Mitch McConnell and Oscar Sheboy in a room? It's just not people that you would guess would have happened. I mean, what what a back when I was covering Oscar's recruitment the first go around, where his guardian parents were forcing him to go to West Virginia. If you would have said, "Hey, just hold on." He'll be at UK after a couple years of West Virginia. He'll win National Player of the Year, and you'll see him in rooms with Mitch McConnell. I'll be like, what? <laughs> if you would have told me that, I'd be like, oh, well, that means UK probably won the championship and had a big parade or something right, like right, that. Right, right, right. No, no championship. Actually, the Next fan base year. is as miserable as they've ever been. Let's go to a commercial break. Kellen Grady, UK, great. Right Number this. eight in single season three points will be on after this. KRC comes back in a few minutes. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on the Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen on your Wednesday morning. Joining us now, Kellen Grady. Davidson, UK, great three-point shooting specialist, now taking the next step in his basketball career. Kellen, how are you? I'm well, thanks. Thank you guys for having me. Well, we know it's early. We appreciate you taking the time and joining us. And we know that you're excited to, now that the season's over, be able to meet some of the fans that were supporting you all season. You're going to have a signing on Friday night at KS Bar. Just how excited are you to be able to to, to meet some of the, your fans and, and the BBN? Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, I'm very excited. I think one of the great aspects of playing for Kentucky and, and being a part of BBN is, is not only the the enthusiasm and, and the um, you know consistent and loyal support throughout the year is, is also the ability to be able to interact with the fans and and give back in a way and kind of uh, expose my personality a little bit and, and give people the opportunity to spend some time with me and, and I get a lot of happiness out of doing that so I'm very excited well we got a lot of happiness watching you play basketball uh, at the University of Kentucky watching you rain threes and I gotta say Kellen you were a part of one of the biggest crowd pops I've ever seen at Rupp that three right before half and the big comeback against Alabama, that place erupted. I know this might sound like a dumb question, because but I can't put myself in your shoes. What's it like when you get in that zone, when you're on a roll, and then you just have 25,000 people erupting all at once while you're making it rain? 
Uh, it's a it's a special feeling. I think people sometimes assume you you kind of get immune to, immune to crowd enthusiasm, or you know it gets old. But uh, I remember that moment. I had a lot of uh, friends and family there, and um, you know I, I really felt that moment. I was probably in terms of just a specific moment, kind of reacting to to a crowd. That was one of my uh, favorite, most special moments that I, I've been a part of in it playing in college, um, just especially because there was such a collective uh, will to come back and, and, and make the game competitive by halftime, and, and that was kind of the, the stamp on, on our run, and it, it was just, um, you know, I've heard a lot of people say that was arguably as loud as they've ever heard Rupp, so, um, so that, that, was, that was a lot of fun. It was a rewarding feeling. That was a hell of a game, and I feel like you, maybe as much as, any other UK basketball player in history have, have seen as many highs and lows that can go with UK basketball. It means a lot to a lot of people. Obviously, the the blowout win against Tennessee at home, the win at Kansas, you had a four-piece from behind the arc in both those games, which was a big reason why UK was able to cruise. But there was also some, obviously, coming off one of the worst seasons in program history, you weren't a part of that, but you had to deal with some of the fan reaction of that. Some early season stumbles, and the fans started to rumble, no doubt about it. And then, of course, the way everything ended, which is not anything uh, not the way anybody could have anticipated the season ending. So the highs and lows, how was your one year at the University of Kentucky? Where Was sometimes it a little much, or was it always just – because people thought you were the number one team in the country and you all were going to win the championship, and obviously it, it didn't end that way. Right, but I think, you know, that's, that's just a part of being um, part of Kentucky and playing for a passionate fan base that – uh, has great expectations. You know, we've set a standard here at Kentucky, um, you know, with Coach Cal and, and his era here. And, um, you know, there's pressure on us as players to, to live up to that standard. And, and you know, we're the NBA team in, in this area for for fans in Kentucky statewide and in Lexington. There are no pro teams. And, and you can feel the enthusiasm and, and uh, the support that that comes with that. And, um, I think that's part of the reason why you go to a school like Kentucky or, or Blue Blood is, is to to kind of embrace a, a, a massive fan base that, that has great expectations and supports you mightily. And then can, can I think it's natural and, and part of the, the experience for them to be a little frustrated when we when we come up short and, and we uh, don't exactly convert on on some of those expectations. So that's a part of the process. Um, I think as long as you you have an ability to, to stay channeled and focus on the main goal and playing with the guys in between the lines, uh, you'll, you'll even even during the, some of those lows you'll you'll find an appreciation and a gratitude still for for the fan base. We're talking with former Kentucky Wildcat Kellen Grady and uh, Kellen. I, I I don't want to be the the Debbie Downer that just keeps bringing up bad things, but there's there's one pinpoint of the season that we've been trying to figure out. What went wrong? I think Coach Cal has. I'm curious what your thought is. What it, it felt like things the train never got back on the tracks when everybody came back from injury. H- have you been able to diagnose how, how come that wasn't the case? How come you all couldn't get back to your winning ways once once Ty Ty and and Severe uh, did get healthy uh, there at the end of the season? Yeah, 
I think he's respectfully asking what went wrong. <laughs> I, I I understand the question. I, I still, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm still, I still part of that myself. And I think all of us, if we could pinpoint exactly, um, we probably would have not gone through that. And who knows? Could have won a national championship. But I think people underestimate. It's easy to underestimate what happens when you are on a roll for two months and you've got the same lineup and uh, there's a camaraderie and a rhythm to the way we're playing. And, um, you know, that gets altered and you got to go through a couple games and new roles got to uh, quickly be um, kind of acclimated and you got to fit into it. And you know, that takes a toll on a team and you got to readjust and try to get back to the way you were playing. It's not just a snap of the fingers and sometimes it just doesn't, uh, quite get back exactly the way you anticipate, and I think that's something we faced and something we got to live with. And but I think, with all that said, it's very important to to keep everything in perspective. I mean, it's a game. We we tried our best throughout the year. I think there was no never a question on our effort, and we had an excellent season despite the way it ended. Um, and we had a, a real great bond between the team and, and the coaching staff and. You know, I, I wish I had the, the golden answer for that. And mm-hmm. It didn't happen, obviously, the way it did, but I think it's it's important to keep in perspective what we were able to give the fans for the whole year. That's a... And we also lost to a team, with all due respect to, to our loss, who seemed destined for a run in the Elite Eight. So it wasn't like we lost at Perkins School to buy. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> um, it's unfortunate again, but I think there's, there's a lot to, to still appreciate with their season. Wow. When you hit that three, I thought it was all good and you were going to be, you were going to uh. save the day, but not to, not to relive. And that's a mature answer. And March Madness is more than just a clever name. It's built for upsets. It's built for things like that. John Calipari, I feel like this season spoke high, more, more highly, higher of two players than I've ever really heard him talk. And Oscar Shibwe was one of them, National Player of the Year. You were the other. He really just never seemed to have a bad thing to, to say about you. And that's not always the case with Calipari. Sometimes it's a, it's a tough love thing. But uh, he was very complimentary to you throughout the in-season, from the day you committed till your last game at UK. What's your relationship with John Calipari? What was it like to play for him? And what will it be like moving forward? Uh, we, we have a good relationship still to this day and we did throughout the season and, and he was patient with me when I had to adjust to the, the pace of playing with Kentucky and, and things didn't necessarily click the second I got you know back to campus in the fall and we started doing a lot of live stuff um, but he, he's what, what I admire about him and what I mentioned earlier in terms of the standard of Kentucky is he doesn't let up on the standard and he doesn't let up on each player and meeting that standard and, and meeting the expectations he has for them and that, and that internal most of the time we have for ourselves. So, um, you know, he's definitely not hesitant with his candor and, and really keeping it blunt with, with us or the, or the media and he calls it how it is. But I think that there's a level of um, accountability that comes with that and, and, and knowing that you're going to have someone who, who really cares and wants what's best for you and the team to, to shoot it straight with you and, all for the the purpose of, of of one goal, which is to win, and 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 for the team, I think uh, is something that a lot of people will be lucky to experience, and then be grateful to play for a guy like that. So he and I had a great relationship. 
uh, throughout the year. Um, at the end of the year, he told me I I was the old guy who always understood his, his sarcasm and got his jokes. So I, I kind of appreciate that. Um, but yeah, all in all, we, we definitely had a, had a good time together. And, um, I appreciate him for giving me a scholarship here and, and giving me a chance to play on such a big stage being a kid from Davidson. So we're, we're speaking with Kellen Grady, who you can meet this Friday at KS bar at six o'clock, get in there, hang out with Kellen, the, uh, as Cal said, the old head in the room and as many others called the granddad, I, I'm, I'm most fascinated not by your teammates calling you granddad, but by your relationship with Jerry Tipton. Well, you, <laughs> you, you and Jerry's back and forth. Is I, I sit in on all these media sessions, listening in on Zoom, and I'm just curious. What, what is your relationship? I've heard you all talk about mafia movies. I, I've heard you crack jokes on them. What, what, what's you and Jerry's relationship like? <laughs> um. You know, I'm, I forget how word got out that I was kind of a mafia, gangster, organized crime show movie fanatic. Um, and he kind of just picked my brain about it. And, and being that fanatic and, and having that fascination with um, with that genre, if you will, I, I just kind of, I don't know, I got a little excited. For, whether it was me talking to Jerry Tipton or if it was me talking to Ty Ty about it or CJ about it, I just, <laughs> doesn't really matter to me I, I my friends and family give me grief about how i can kind of ramble when, once i get going with that stuff so, <laughs> well, so you, I, I either bored you i either bored you guys or i showed you a, a side of me that perhaps people didn't understand it and maybe appreciate it a little bit but no jerry i mean he's a he's a faithful reporter he, he he's not afraid to ask a tough question here and there i think i gave him uh i busted his chops a little bit at, at um at the NCAA tournament asking if he's if he goes everywhere with us and he, he took it well so uh, you know he's good to us and he's faithful to us and is always there so i think it's important to be able to develop a relationship like that and show off your personality a little bit and, and you know kind of expose a bond you may have with a, with a reporter i think that's that's a good insight for the fans now, UK fans love when players open up, and, and sometimes it can be hard for players, especially the younger ones. They're not used to it, but uh, they, they appreciated you in a major way, and they love getting to know you, and that's why there's going to be, I'm sure, tons of them at KS Bar on Friday, 6 to 7.30. You can ask Kellen Grady about your, fa- your his favorite murder mystery or whatever it may be. <laughs> um, I, can we do a few just quick hitters? You can just give quick answers to them, and then we'll let you get out of here. We know you've got big and better things to do than talk to us today. Is that all right? Sure. I'm okay. enjoying this. So. Sure. Well, we're enjoying talking with you, and, and we got, we enjoyed watching you play this season, and that's going to be my first quick hitter. Favorite win on the season, uh, a team that annihilates UNC, Kansas, and Tennessee. Oh, no. that, that goes a long way. Sorry, Kellen. What'd you say? I, I could cut you off because it was an easy answer. Kansas at Fog Allen. Uh, okay. All right. What do you got, Roush? I was going to say, did, did it kind of sting watching them cut down the nuts? I know. How? Yeah, what is that like, Kellen? You all you all killed them. You all could have beaten them by <laughs> 35 or 40 if you wanted to, the way that game was going. You were in a zone. Keon was in a zone. Everybody was clicking. Uh, We beat both teams in the national championship by, like, 50 points combined. So it was – That's um, got to hurt, right? Frustrating to watch, but at the same time, you know, 
teams evolve and teams get hot and teams go on runs and you know and it's but yes it was very frustrating but that just knowing that that's one of the most electric environments in all of sports and probably one of the most in electric environments in college basketball undoubtedly and both of us were top 10 teams at the time and to, to have a statement win like that and really kind of solidify our the trajectory we were on throughout the year was that was a special win what what's your favorite Oscar memory? National Player of the Year, first time in UK history to just clean up on every single award. That's never happened. UK is a pretty rich tradition. What was it like being playing around him and, and watching him get those rebounds? Um, it was absolutely incredible. I, I kind of always thought he was superhuman, especially when I we were all convinced he was missing on purpose just because he knew he could get extra <laughs> rebounds and. The Kansas game was one of those. There was a bunch of times where I, I think I looked over at Jay Billis and Dan Shulman and just smiled after one of his because it's just it's it, it's admirable his effort and just his relentless grit to not let anybody box him out and get every rebound and he just had it. You know, I tweeted out after he won the uh, all the national player of the year awards. Was, the best part about him is he's just a better person and always has a smile on his face and he's a gentle giant off the court. So. Um, I, I can't pinpoint a, a specific moment. He was just he was so awesome all year. Well, like I said, I, I, I can never remember Calipari speaking so highly of two players with you and Oscar. Uh, putting you on the spot here, again, you can just give a quick answer. You think UK fans will get to appreciate Oscar one more year in a UK jersey? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. All right. We try to get you. We try you. to get you with the gotcha. Uh, we'll we'll do something. We'll do a softball here. Something a little bit lighter. What about a uh, Shaden Sharp? Will UK fans get to see him in a UK jersey? <laughs> I repeat my answer. Prior. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. oh, what was your favorite restaurant in Lexington, Kellen? Oh. Oh. Um. Uh, God. I'll go with with Carson's. But I, I like to go out to eat a lot, so but I think I'll go with Carson's. Okay, and last question, serious one. And again, Kentucky fans are appreciative for everything you did this season. Everybody hated the way it ended, but you gave a mature response and how great it was throughout the journey, and it really was. Kentucky considered one of the best teams throughout the entire season. What's next for you? You're gonna you're gonna start training. You're gonna hopefully hear your name on draft night, but if not, summer league. You can work your way around that. What What's next for Kellen Grady's basketball career, in your opinion? Uh, next would be to commence with pre-draft training. I've signed with Mike Miller, who's been in the agent world now for a little over a year. and He's, I think, the best agent in person I could possibly learn from and try to emulate uh, kind of his journey and his ability to make shots in the NBA and to be able to work exclusively with him and get his feedback and insight, I think will, uh, help me. And, you know, it's every kid's dream to get drafted, but there are times where it's a better situation to be undrafted and sign with the team. If it's a good situation, I think the one benefit of, of, uh, the granddad esque part of me, if you will, is I think teams will, are not going to take me up based off potential or some risk. They'll take me to make shots and fulfill a role, and that usually happens when you're when you're taking or signing older guys. And I think hopefully I have that um, that luxury of, of being able to be a guy who can fulfill a role and find a niche in the NBA as, as a shot maker and someone who can who can play in that league. So, um, you know, that, that's that's my goal, and 
I'm in good hands under Coach Cow's tutelage all year and his influence with, with the next level as we go through this process. And with my with Mike Miller and the sports agency, I, I, I trust them. I'm, I'm really in good hands. So I, uh, I hope for the best, and uh, I'm, uh, I'm ready to, to hit the ground running and get to work. Well, UK fans will be following you the entire way and rooting for you wherever you play basketball next. It was a hell of a one season at UK. Your top 10 and three-pointers made in a season. Your percentage rounding up to 42%, uh, not matched by people that made as many, just a few ahead of you um, in terms of making that many threes and shooting at that high of a clip. It was a great season, and Kellen, we really appreciate your time and look forward to you meeting all the UK fans on Friday night, KS Bar. That is 6 o'clock to 7.30 in Lexington. Again, Friday, April 15th. I know UK fans can't wait to see you, Kellen. Thanks again for your time. Thanks again, guys. Appreciate it. Kellen Grady, UK great. We're going to hit a break. We'll come back. We'll get to the Thornton's text line. We'll talk about that interview with Kellen. He was phenomenal. And the didn't get didn't get the gotchas on ah, Sharp and Oscar. We tried. Yeah, got, didn't get, didn't Justin, get you. keep the gotcha girls in there. That, was, right. a, that was a hell of an effort. We did it. I you know I tried to even trick them by coming right back with the Sharp one. Couldn't do it. <laughs> no, that was phenomenal. We'll be back. This is Kentucky Roll, Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Cow. Right foot, let's start. Left foot, let's start. Right foot again. Left foot again. Right foot, let's start. Left foot, let's start. Freeze! Everybody clap your hands. Come on, y'all. Check it out. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. You will be riding with us until the end of the show today now. We're done with breaks, which is pretty cool, to be honest with you. One thing I love about our radio show and radio station is the flexibility with our breaks. It didn't always used to be like that. You You don't always want to, like, be in... A great conversation, and then be like, "Oh, sorry, gotta go. Got, we'll be, we'll get because then you don't get it back." It's nice just to be able to roll. It's nice to be able to talk with Kellen Grady. Yeah, that's great. I hope a lot of you all will show up to KS Bar on Friday. Okay, they need more money, anyways. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, they need it, so go and support them. Support Kellen. I don't understand why UK. Rash and I were talking about it during the break. Like, make him available throughout the season. Yeah, that was pretty great. And I, again, Such not, a, not it, that they didn't. They they make him available in group media settings, but let him go on different radio shows. Let him go on different podcasts. He's a great ambassador. It was a ten to fifteen minute interview. Ten minute interview. You did an amazing job. It, I, it's so funny hearing. I know he's older, twenty two or twenty three. I think twenty three, but. Hearing him have like more mature responses than like sixty and seventy year olds is eye opening. Uh, and Kellen's gonna have whatever wherever he ends oh, up, he's man. gonna have a nice career. And so uh, I got a lot of just radical online takes yesterday uh, when Travis Branham reported that Shane Sharp intends to enter his name to the draft. Then we got a 
Well, Sharps Camp says uh, kind of like weird stuff, and then people were people were very they were madder they were mad at Cal, and then they were mad at me for saying that Sharp is gone without saying that he's hiring an agent and staying in. Why would you say that? It's like because he's he's gone. He's yeah, he's gone. Yeah, like I don't know why. That was that was a weird backlash, but there was a lot like that. There's a lot of just irrational thought, and I just I'm glad that uh, Kellen and I hope that guys on the team have the maturity and the wisdom. Like it, that's the part about basketball that stinks. Like, man, we had a great year. We beat the crap out of both of those teams, but sometimes getting rhythm, they get hot. Those teams got in rhythm, and got hot at the right time, and then we just ran into a but like at the wrong time. You know, like that's you it's, could hear, you it's could, a tough pill to swallow. Like it's still a tough pill for him to swallow. You could hear him. You could hear the pain. Like even just talking about like, oh yeah, UNC and Kansas. You know, like that sucks. It's like that, yeah, you that, beat that, the champs by a lot. And he's like, oh, we beat the other team too by a lot. And UK <laughs> should never lose to St. Peter's or lose that game. And I really did think when he hit that three that Kentucky was going to be all right. But I never thought UK in a million years would lose that game. Really, at any point in that game until the overtime when it looked pretty, uh, pretty, pretty bleak. But. Sometimes it's another team's story. Sometimes it's another team's destiny. And it sucks to say that. You never want it to be true. But sometimes it it is the reality. All right, we got to talk. So there's so much we got to get to on today's yeah, show. Yeah, let's that, um let's start by laughing at Louisville, shall we? Yeah, we got to laugh. God, they, they're gonna. Hi- I am put me in the train of U of L, ladies and gentlemen, is going to rehire Tom George to be athletic director. That hasn't officially happened, but, but there was another meeting, and this one wasn't, I think, ran by U of L like community outreach. I think these were the church supporters saying, "Hey, we need to get together and we need to come up with a plan." And you may say, "Well, that's pretty." This all feels so Game of Thrones. It feels so made up. I tell you I, on this radio show all the time, Louisville is the weirdest town in the world. It like is this a big deal in the grand scheme of things? No, but it's a pretty freaking weird thing going on. The reason they're going to hire Tom Jurich is listen to these names and think about the dollar signs attached to these names. These were the people that showed up. Mark Lynn. Yeah, he He's is, got a stadium at UofL, come to think of it. He has two stadiums in town. He's got two stadiums in town. Steve Trager. Trager, yeah. He's got a facility in He's town. He's a football, indoor yes, football and facility. and that's a nice indoor facility. He also is has his name on the Jewish Community Center, the new one they're building that you can see right on off the Watterson. That is enormous. Awesome. Yeah. That basketball court. Yeah, I could gladly ball on I'll that. Convert. A little guy named Jim Patterson. He has a stadium. Yeah. <laughs> These are the stadium names. This is like the triumphant coming together and saying, we have $100 million if you hire our guy. UofL, I don't think, can say no. And then listen to some of these other names. Marcus Maven, who does radio on 6 or 93.9 from 10 to noon. John Bill, Ramsey, Bill Stone, John Ramsey, but he's of course. If it's you just mentioned, if you say Tom Jurich in the mirror three times, oh, Tom Jurich doesn't show up. John Ramsey John, does. It's John Ramsey asking you what you need from Tom. Uh, Scott Davenport was there. Scotty D. But wait, Scotty D. He's a Bellarmine. <laughs> oh, he was there, dude. Ricky Jones, who's a famous U of L professor, that's in the Courier Journal frequently. So what? they like in you know those those names that I just mentioned don't carry nearly as much weight, but they do carry some weight. The dollar signs. The dollar though. signs are what carries weight. U of L is. Ba- I'm not kidding here. What these guys are saying basically is we've got we've got more money we know what to do with. If you hire our guy, we're giving it to you. If you don't, we're not. 
This is like a $100 million squeeze. Quite literally, a $100 million squeeze for UofL and Tom Jurch. They're going to hire him. How do you say no to this money in this economy with inflation as high as it is? Here's the thing that, like... Oh, my goodness. I can't believe it's happening. Obviously, those people are buddy-buddy with Jurich because he convinced them to hand their money over and put their names on stadiums. But I don't know why the loyalty is to a person and not to the school, not to the institution. It's an institution, not an individual. What they, what they would say is... Our loyalty is with the school. He is the best thing for the school. We are the biggest fan. Like we will. But how do you know? They they only know that though. That's their problem. Really comes back to like the Calipari debate, where it's like I push back on the whiners because I am of the belief Calipari's best for UK. They say they whine and they're obnoxious because they think that he's not best for UK and they're actually looking out. It's 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 a self interest for the university conflict, but you you use it under the disguise of the person you're supporting. I just don't know how – all of this is summed up. You just watched Bobby 2.0 crash and burn. You had fun for a year or two. What's – Jurich might be fun for a year or two, but what's to say he won't crash and burn again and you're just doing this same old song and dance five years from now? Isn't all the stuff hanging over Lowell's head Still. partly his fault too? Yep. Like what? He, he, he stuck behind. But he could have fired Patino multiple times for his indiscretions. And he's cheating. But he kept him around. Uh, the big, enormous buyout that you're still paying, paying Bobby Petrino, that Traeger and Mark Lynn and Jim Patterson are still paying Bobby Petrino for, that's because of Tom Jurich. Like, you idiots! How do you not see? How stupid! Like, you can be this successful in business, but you can be blinded by Tom Jurich. Like, what is it? Does Tom Jurich, does he have a poison ivy, like, mist on him? Does he hypnotize him? How do How do people fall for this? I don't understand it. The thing is, I there is there's a good chunk. I don't know the numbers or the majorities or minorities. I don't know the percentage of U of L fans that want church or don't want church. But there, there, there's a group like Rutherford has said that he's okay if church comes back. He met with church like not that long ago, which was weird. Mm. Um, also, he's spreading fake news on his radio show, which was <laughs> Ooh, very was... disappointing for. He was just starting rumors. And he went on a big rant about how he was mad because somebody started a rumor about him. Well, that's silly. It was silly. Let's fight yeah, fire it was, with fire. It, it was you know, you know it, it was, was the silly. silliest thing that happened yesterday. It though? was silly, but no, he met with George. But I think he's said like it's. The, I, I, let's just move on. I think he's had a similar sentiment. There's a there's people that don't want him, but unless you like a hundred million dollars, U of L, I'm not sure what you do here. <laughs> there. Sorry, what were you gonna say though? I was gonna say that like money while, talks. While all of this is happening. Uh, their football program, like their people are whining. They have so much to whine about right now. Oh, Nick Saban's tampering with our players. Now we got to talk about that too. I'll say this though. If I'm a UofL fan and these people promise to pony up money, then hell yeah, get Jurich back. Not for anything of Jurich. Forget about him. But it's an athletic program that what fixes everything cash the mm-hmm. ac the sec sorry kentucky's just financially moving to a new neighborhood than you it's best to do whatever you can to try to keep up bringing in these goobers i think will do it at least momentarily and then maybe if you get good again then the money will actually start to flow in regularly will you get good again probably not probably not and that's because you've all just lost a transfer their best Ooh. wide receiver well jordan Watkins was their best wide receiver he already lost him now 
Harrell was going to be their Harrell, next guy. He was their explosive, fast. And his his career numbers haven't been overly impressive, but I think his average yard per reception was like 27 yards or 29, something. 29, yeah, which That's is crazy on crazy. the Matt Zenith's tweet. Yeah. And he is a speedster. He is fast as you know what, and he supposedly Alabama wants him. So what was the – what was Sports Talk Radio yesterday in Louisville? Tampering. If, tampering. You, if the NCAA's not going to do anything about it, what's even the point? Uh. I'm stomping my feet and I'm crying. At least Rutherford did acknowledge, like, hey, you have all probably tampers. With yeah. It happens everywhere, This folks. is how, everywhere. how it works. It's, it's the same people who say, Nil is going into recruiting? I can't believe we're paying recruits to go here. Yeah. Been paying recruits for decades. This is how things work. Now it's through a middleman, and there's plausible deniability, but that's how things it work. Be legal, and anyways. also, I mean, who cares? if you're if you're Harold, would you rather play for Mikhail, a guy, a guy who can't pick his own first name, or the reigning Heisman Trophy winner? Pretty simple. It's a huge loss for U of L. Huge. Not just from like again, because his production for career is like. It's not all that, you know, I think he had 20 receptions or something like that. That's that that can be replaced. But one, he was going to be the fastest player on your team that can take the top off of defense. That's always a luxury to have. Yep. And now they're thin. They are really thin. And yeah, but they I mean, got they're, all they're thin on talent as California, the recruits that are definitely not going to decommit. It is crazy that they're getting them though. Yeah, yeah. Here's it, there's so much pressure on U of L to have a good season because if they have if they a bad season, they're, they're going to go. Yeah, you have and to. And some may leave even if they have a decent season. Right, but right, right. I don't. I, I'm. I didn't like it when UK would get commitments and U of L fans would be like, they're not going to sign because be like, how do you know, you goober? You have no clue if they're going to sign. The maybe California they will, maybe they quarterback won't. though is the. So I don't like to do that to U of L, but I can say if you have a bad season, they're probably going to decommit because that's what happens. Yeah. You see that everywhere. Yeah, and and secondly, also, like, when are these dudes going to be making an impact for y'all, U of L? Oh, that's, that's the biggest point. You know, yeah. like, yeah. hang in there. And can I just say, too, that I know there was a lot of people who were sweating out the transfer portal when it became a thing, uh, especially Kentucky football fans, worried that their talent might be hemorrhaged elsewhere. That hasn't been the case, really. It happened before the transfer portal happened when Jeff Bidette went to Oklahoma. That's really it. Louisville, who wants to play in the ACC? The ACC, it just means more. It does just mean more. Do um, you know what it also means, too? What's that? More runs. Uh, so many so that you have to call the game off because your Kentucky softball team is that much better than the Louisville softball team. I called the game off, TJ. 9 nothing. Sucking cards. <laughs> so, what's more... Isn't in soft? Shouldn't you try to get hits? You should try. But U of L had zero of them. They had zero hits. What? That seems no. How many innings did they play? Five. Did they call it off for weather or what? It's, no, no. It's it's uh ten after four, nine after five, eight after six. There's a college. run rule in college softball. Yeah. Oh yeah, a lot yeah. of. I mean, I would. It say happens like, all the time. Seems like 15 to twenty percent of games and what. There's not one in baseball though, right? Men's baseball, yeah, yeah there is. Is there they really? Did it to Bellerman last night, really? Yeah, yeah. it's a, it, it staggers and it's a little bit different. But that was the the Oklahoma team that UK played. They had run ruled twenty three of their twenty five opponents, uh, and UK almost game. didn't get run ruled. They were close. They did. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was like in the second to last inning, I think, yeah, or something yeah. like that. But yeah, such is such is life. 
U of L just suck it. All right. Hey, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. A texter says, to be fair to Kyle Tucker, you do you guys do crush him quite a bit. Do we? <laughs> do we? We have some fun with the iCarumbus, but <laughs> sometimes we disagree with him. Sometimes we agree with them. Shocking thing called opinions. Yeah, I still just don't believe a I I don't understand Sharp's camp saying oh, he hasn't made a decision. That's gracious. silly. And I just I don't I don't understand the the PR on their side of this whole thing has been a mess. It's yeah, uh, you could make a case that all these issues and everybody being at each other's throats, it all could come back to the Sharp side of things. Yeah. If they just are honest with everybody up front from the get-go, then the, mm. this isn't an issue. Right. But yet People that don't like Calipari find a way to bring this back as a fault to him. Um, but def- I mean, when you have these reports coming out, everybody knows which way it's going. He's just in, he's in class right now. <laughs> what? Like, don't just either don't say nothing or uh, I, maybe yeah. maybe they're telling the truth and maybe it happens. It will be a shocker of the century if Sharp turns down a top ten money to go mm-hmm. be in college. Maybe it happens. Maybe they're telling the truth. But you all would want your kids to go become, I don't know, how much money they get for their first contract. Like, who knows? Yeah. I'm using the word $100 million loosely today. Yeah. You're going to be, after endorsements, and if you get a second contract, you're probably worth $100 million. Yeah, but initial one, probably 15 You're talking about your kids' kids not having to work, folks. Yeah. If he comes back to UK, blows out his knee, Which... tears his Achilles – it's all different. He's we're, gone. He's gone. It's okay. We're going to make that kind of money tonight, though, right? So whose turn is it? Uh, did anybody do it even last week? Million. Yeah. yeah, Dugan double dipped. Okay. But we, we got – I tra- don't know. Could be oh, it, I bet it's the big guy. I don't oh, know. God. No. Yeah, it feels like we haven't heard from the big guy in forever. I think it's TJ's, actually. It could be mine, Either too. way, we need to win $300 million tonight. Ooh, Texter brings back-to-back right at you, TJ. I'd love – Oh, it's the Plumlee Bros. Both different ones. They they text at the like so they text each other to text into the text line at the same time with one another. That's cute. It, is it cute? Is Maybe it cute? A little weird. TJ still thinks Kentucky recruits us as well as Duke. LMAO. That's Plumlee Bro too. He doesn't yeah. listen to the show anymore. Per Matt Jones on KSR today, Duke is kicking our tail in recruiting. Out of the twenty guys that we both won in recruiting, they've got seventeen of those. LOL. Not trying to be annoying, TJ, but the Plumlee Bros were never lied. Also, not trying I'm, to be annoying on your quest to just be super annoying. Yeah. Secondly, I've seen that number thrown around multiple sites. I don't. Um, I would like to just see who those twenty guys were. Not not doubt. Duke, Duke has been, and I'll say this to the Plumley Bros: you all in time turned out to be right. Yeah. In terms of UK and Duke head to head, but your all's overall point was UK as a whole was slipping on the recruiting trail was not accurate. And secondly, that UK still wouldn't recruit well, not accurate. But in terms of your all's opinion of Duke and Kentucky, I didn't see it at the time and I was wrong, or I don't think it was the case at the time. But in terms of a predictive measure, you two are right and I was wrong. I did not think it was going to get so lopsided, and I would like that to get back to normal. Also, that could number could be could look much worse if you include people like Trevor Keels or Kyle Flapowski, where UK is getting involved, quote unquote, late. And you're, why are we getting involved? You know they're going to Duke. Yeah, the, the Keels thing was a little desperate. The Flipikowski, I don't think UK was really like all that crazy about him to get go. But I don't you know. probably got a hat on the table. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, ju- just enough to make it look like that Kentucky lost another one to Duke. I just don't get my feelings hurt in terms of who UK loses recruits to as much as just UK not getting the players that they want. Oh, I'm, I'm, like disagree. It, if it, 
It doesn't if it's matter to Duke, to me. it does tick me off. Well, I mean, I would rather them not ideally go to Duke. but I would it, rather it, them would go I... to Alabama. Like when Kentucky uh, lost John Petty to Alabama. Oh, okay. Whatever. Well, I guess I've said in the past that like if they go to a title contender, it bothers me more than a non-title contender. But in terms of the title contender tier, it doesn't, it doesn't impact me so much, Duke. But it is just like now with Shire, it's just bizarre. It is, and I know that it sounds like sour grapes, and it is sour grapes. I want UK to start getting these players again. Mm -hmm. But the Shire stuff doesn't make sense to me. The K, the last ride, the stealing Paulo from Kentucky, whatever. But Lively, that was strange. Mbako, Justin, that was bizarre. Said it right. It's different. It's it's Mm -hmm. different now, uh, and I'd like it to get better, but again – I'll start probably panicking more and maybe acting like a child when UK goes into seasons with bad rosters, and we know it's going to be bad rosters, and we wonder how it got to be so bad. That hasn't hardly happened, if maybe once. This is from Kirby. Hey, Kirby. Hey. U of L people keep bringing up Jurge over and over. I still can't comprehend people would be this stupid or incompetent to even float this idea. Kirby, It really is astounding. Different. I didn't realize that I, I knew there were some big donors that like George Patterson specifically. I did not realize they were rolling that deep. I didn't realize you were going to basically have Mark Lynn. I mean, Mark Lynn, I, I know you, that people outside of Louisville probably don't see it as much. This dude acts like the richest guy in town. You know what I mean, TJ, where he's – Whenever there's opening up some new playground or some new park, Mark Lane likes to be the face of it. He's the director of the fairgrounds or something. He's on the news all the time being, I'm Dr. Mark Lane, rich guy. And to have, I mean, it's kind of the opposite of craft, but it's very similar in the amount of scope of the power, if you will. I'm, the only difference is, is Mark Lane, I don't think he has his pulse on politics quite like the crafts do. Mm, probably I don't think so yeah but e- either way to have that guy all right accidentally sent this one over t- twice it's Brad from Bellbrook wow. hey Brad I feel like I may be in the vast minority here but if Sharp ends up going to the league I'll likely want a new coach Sharp said that he was staying here for a practice year and returning to play for the blue and white but if he doesn't then it just shows Cal is more focused on getting players to the draft than getting to the championship I know this will be a hot take but just my honest opinion Brad, don't do that. Yeah, yeah, Brad. Where, do you just? I mean, feel the way that you feel. You just but want to turn down a number one recruit Cal- when he tells you that he's going to play for you, Cal- and then he changes his mind. Man, Brad, he wants Cal wants to coach Sharp. Why wouldn't he? Yeah. You just heard Kellen talk about how he's like the most competitive dude <laughs> that he's had. Why would he not want to coach Sharp? He'd love to coach him. I think that UK either. Either it was intentional or unintentional, but that nugget of information about him being eligible for this draft, in my opinion, came as a surprise to UK, changed everything. And if your opinion is, well, UK should have known about it, well, then would you, all right, if they'd known about him and it was a 99% chance he was going to go pro, would you still take that one chance, 1% chance for him to come in, Brad? I'm a gambler, so yeah, I would. It, it hurts nothing Cause, to cause, bring him in. Because really, all you're doing is you're also, not only are you weighing the pros, the con is it's a bad PR hit, 
And you were playing so well at that point that you thought, well, I can probably afford some of the negative PR. But we had this poop storm evolve where you took a first-round loss to a 15 seed. Mm-hmm. It was very unforeseen circumstances. Mm-hmm. And he, Cal made the wager. And you know what? I kind of like a game of man as my coach. But, but like in to, UK, I, and once UK found out that he wasn't playing this year, I think there was a push from in-house at UK to try to get him to play. UK put him through warm-ups, I think, to put a little pressure on him to get the itch. I think UK tried to get him to play for this year, but you can't physically force a kid to play. And you're not going to have the look middle of the season, UK kicks out Shade and Sharp because he wasn't going to play and he's going to go straight to the draft. And I know, and Brad, I'm not saying this is you, but I know there's a couple of dweebs out there that wish UK had done that. That's just mean. Yeah, uh, it, I mean, mean, it's just, it's just it's like also, not a good look. It's, it's not good for the PR business. is worse for like the future business. Correct. The PR for other number one recruits. What would DJ? The, your whole selling point for DJ Wagner is we're going to treat you like family. Correct. Well, how did you treat Shane Sharp like family? I mean, guys, I know we're angry, but we have to think things through. There's like Billy Badass out there that wants, they should have kicked him to the curb and thrown his bags out the window. What is wrong with you, dude? (laughs) What is it off your back to have Shade and Sharp spend a year in Lexington? And if it ends up he never puts on a UK jersey, then he's just another, he's basically a team manager at that point. It stinks. We all wanted to see him. Probably nobody more than Calipari wanted to coach him. You know why? Because he probably could have helped UK win games, and that's good for Calipari. Gets people off his back. Brad, I'm not specifically addressing all that at you, but come on. A new coach because a lottery pick is going to go chase his dreams. That's, <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, we've been doing this for 12 years. I know. Like we And people are like, well, if it happens again, it probably isn't ever going to happen yeah, again. This, this was, was such a, a weird situation. Yeah. And UK, I think, just the whole time was like, well, we, what, what is – What do we have to lose? What what hurts saying yes here? Yeah. Um, Texter says, how did Reed Shepard do this weekend? Any 2023 buzz? I, how did Reed Shepard do this weekend? I did not keep up. I know Jack went to his game. Um, I, no, I I, rem- I I was keeping up with it. He had – I think he was kind of ho-hum in two games, and then he had a really nice showing one night where he just kind of exploded, I think in a loss, maybe like an overtime loss. I think he had 29 points or something along those lines. So I think he had just kind of a, a good weekend, good not, good not amazing. And then any 2023 buzz, well, you know, Wagner's just kind of the name. But with Kyle Dill- Tucker did a with Dillingham opening up his 10,000 word uh, article on DJ Wagner this morning. Oh, well, yeah. I'll probably have to check check that out. If I'm going to bust Kyle's chops, it's over writing 10,000 word profiles. I'm sure that yeah. he can handle it. One player that I really <laughs> like that UK, I think, watched, keep an eye out on, Texas kid, Jacoby Walter. Great name. Kid's a bucker. Bucket. It is a great name. Jacoby Walter. That sounds like he's a from, kid from he, Texas. He's from Texas. So, Jai Luke, you know, Jay Lucas, pardon me. Um, he could play a huge role in that. Do you see the Jay Lucas to Duke rumors? Yeah. UK fans are just like looking for anything to panic about. Be better. Yeah, that would be a real shame if that happened, though. I, do you I think it's going like to it. happen? I don't know if I think it's going to happen, but any sort of rumors like that, I, I would be... There's rumors that like Chin was going to leave, too. It's, it's, something stinks, folks. Something stinks bigly. And here's why I'm not worried about Jay. Because Duke couldn't afford to keep Nolan Smith from Louisville. Uh, yeah, I mean... But I, 
Would Duke number if he so let's just say he got to be associate head coach at Duke if he was the Shire's right hand man. Who's that? Jay Lucas. Okay. Would that be more than third or fourth on the totem pole at UK? Well, then maybe UK could match with a title if titles what matter. And also I think like some sort of emotional factor for Nolan Smith played a role in him coming back to Louisville. Yeah, that, yeah. But yeah. money at the end of the if it would have been like half his salary, he's not doing that. Right. And I'm sure Duke could say, Yeah, we know that you maybe want to get back there, but this is also your boy coaching here now and we'll pay you five million dollars more a year than you have or you know, you're not gonna pay an assistant five million dollars. But Duke probably could. They they they're rolling in it. All right, another text on the Thornton's text line. But it was just kind of an okay weekend for Reed, but nothing. He's probably he should be a role player for UK. So him being a role player in high level AAU basketball is is fine by me. But I think he exploded for twenty nine points, which that's good. Yep. Pretty pretty good. You wanna get this long one? Man, these UFL fans clamoring for Big Daddy George to come back are over the top. I understand he did a lot for the athletic department, but let's recap what happened under his regime. Build a ton of buildings, fields, arenas for UFL, but the Yum Center damn near defaulted. He bullied and strong-armed all the local media, basically creating an environment where nobody could actually do any honest reporting about the happenings around the campus. And three, oversaw numerous scandals, violations, and malfeasances. And that was from Big Money Mook. The big part of it, too, Mook, hey, Mook. is he was able to do get away with number three because he did number two. He did a number two everywhere. He got all of the media in his pocket. Uh, so if anybody said anything bad about yeah, him two or and questioned th- cheating... Two and three go hand in hand there. Basically, like, we're we're going to grant and deny access based on how you treat us. And if you do anything negative, then kiss your access goodbye. And that leads to number three, because then scandals go under the carpet for a while and skeletons in the closet still, eventually leak out. I still remember uh, how hilarious it was when I was driving. Uh, it was 2015, was dating... My wife at the time in Louisville, still in Lexington. Thought and for sure it was going to be the high school girlfriend. No, no, no. <laughs> but I'm driving in and I'm listening to Vanetti on the radio in the afternoon, and, and he's shocking. It was the breaking cardinal rules thing broke, and I go in and I see my girlfriend and one of my buddies that went. They went to U of L together at the same time. I was like, you'll never believe what was happening. And before I told them the name, they were like, yeah, Andre McGee. It's very well known. All of that was well known around campus. But nobody said anything because they were afraid of Big Bad Tom. It's wild. But it, it's a, it's already a thing. Like, I was going to say, like, this is going to turn into a divide. Media is going to divide media. Fans going to divide fan. And uh, not too dissimilar to what Kentucky's going through to some degree here. But it's a, it's already a thing. When you've got that much money in a guy's corner – I don't care if it was uh, – listen, you've all gave the AD job to a fan, a rich fan. Imagine a three times as rich fan. I mean, really, it's more than that. But you've got, like, three backers and somebody that actually can hang their hat on a AD resume. Say, hey, I've actually done some stuff. I do agree with you, Mook, though. There's a lot of cracks when you start to, like, look into all his accomplishments. But you kind of look hey, at how things have been since he hasn't been mortar. there. That's the thing is like, is U of L in the position they're in right now because of what he did or because he's no longer doing the things that he was doing? Oh, yeah. But that much money, oh boy. Yeah, hard to say no to. It is hard to say no to. It's basically saying, like, and especially in the wild, wild west of nil, hey, uh, we don't need this money for a facility. We want you to put your $100 million in a nil pool for our athletes. That should get us some good people. Seriously. And uh, Jared said he already talked with 
Kenny Payne before and after the hiring. Like, oh my it gosh. is so, it is, it is it's so, happening. it is really Game of Thrones. It really is. And Josh Hurd, man. Poor guy. So all, all he's done is like a good job. You know? <laughs> <laughs> all he's done is actually provide oh, some leadership man. in times of just confusion. Boy, it's wild. TC from Lexington here. Boys, hey, TC, hope you're doing well. Saw Johnny Broom's top eight stack list. Dude must be the real deal. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, TC. That's a, that is a Gonzaga, Duke, Kentucky, and then kind of some of the flavors of the month more recently. Uh, Louisville's on there. Florida, Houston, Auburn, Memphis. So it, I, it's it's big time. I do feel like this is only a chance for Kentucky if Oscar doesn't come back. So I, I you do feel that way. Yeah, because he's the he's he's similar to Oscar in that he is a six ten, but he's a better shot blocker instead of a rebounder. Or uh, you know, Oscar got a ton of steals as well. But he the, he plays below the rim too. He's not this elite athlete, and that's why he ended up playing at was it Moorhead or Murray Moorhead. Yeah. So uh, I I I don't think he's a guy you get if you have Oscar coming back. You don't need two of those guys. You want your other center options to to be better athletes. I think he plays a little bit more above the rim than you're giving him credit for. But he is six ten. He's not seven foot. I thought I actually thought he was six eleven. But he, it, everybody is saying six ten. So you're 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 right at least in that in that regard. There's a quote from I don't know if it, again if I'm wrong about the recruiting writer I'm not doing it intentionally I, I want to say it was maybe David Sisk but it could have been Jack it could have been Travis but somebody had a quote from like him and they said Kentucky's coaches they don't care who, what the front court looks like they just want them like they he is come on board regardless of how things look you're you, I think they were willing to hurt feelings to bring him in which maybe they're just telling them that. Maybe it's not true. I do think you could pitch to Oscar, like, you've gotten all the awards now. Now we don't need to play you 38 minutes a game. Like, we can help you out a little bit. But if you brought in Broom, let's just say UK lands him, then Lance Ware would have to transfer, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't think UK would force him to do it, but... If you're Lance, he, what if are you, you doing? Yeah, you know? you're looking at your third year at UK and maybe the fewest minutes possible. Mm-hmm. You're just behind, what, the National Player of the Year and now a recruit, the the maybe the top big mm-hmm. transfer portal guy. So if Oscar was gone, I think it would be a guarantee. It would be a very quick lock him up. But with Oscar back, my guess is he doesn't end up at UK. Let's say UK's front court is what it is. Oscar, Lance, Damian, and Jacob. You okay with that? Yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that, too. My only concern is a reliable stretch four. But I do think it's worth mentioning, folks, Oscar's going to have the green light of green lights next year. Oh, yeah. If he's got that elbow jumper, good night. They're going to let him extend that to the three-point line. I'd almost guarantee it. They're going to let him shoot on the perimeter. He's going to have – he's going to maybe be the stretch four, for what it's worth. Yeah. Are you okay with that? Eh, I would like maybe somebody a little bit more reliable. But if that ends up being the front court – the athleticism, the different options, I'm cool with it. Yeah, I, and, I, I think that's it, one especially of especially leaning into Damian Collins's development. Somebody and, would have to show me a better front court in the country. So if you're talking about maybe having the number one front court in the country, yes, I'm <laughs> guess I'm okay with it. Yeah, but fire Calipari, unanimous fire national Cal- player, fire Calipari. But that the the crux of that though is getting that guy back. Sure, that happens. Again. Not official, but it's, he, it's, he, it's he, feeling. He's meeting with old McConnell. John here. Good morning, everyone. Hey, very f- freaking awesome to have Mr. Grady on KRC. Is the best around nothing's ever going. 
KRC is the best around. Nothing's ever going to keep uh, KRC crew down. Yeah. With everything that Oscar is doing, I feel like he is definitely coming back, and I hope that is true. We need some good news recently with the uncertainty of some of the news. I, a change in the news will be good to us. Well, got to go talk to you later. You're exactly right, John. Yeah, and, you know, based on how things have been, this is all kind of setting up for, like, is Oscar really going to let us all down and everybody's just going to lose their freaking minds? But it seems I'm allowing myself to get hurt, folks. I think we feel pretty good on Oscar. Uh, Texter says, you mean we're allowed to enjoy the good season even though it didn't end how we wanted? Cal tries to win and doesn't talk about draft stock every practice? Appreciate this news from Kellen. Believe it or not, they don't have a draft board up hanging in the craft center. <laughs> I like to think it's just like a flow chart sort of deal. Like, good practice, you go up the draft chart. <laughs> Bad practice, you don't. Sorry, buddy. No draft for you this year. Ooh, another test. I really one. enjoyed that interview with Kellen. Yeah. I, we, every, any, we, we don't have guests on all the time, but when we do, we always are happy and we're appreciative for it. But that that was, was awesome. cool. Yeah, he's, Go he's, see him Friday. You really should. Go eat, Go spend... Get your the big cheese boulder ball thing. Cheese log. The log. Yeah. Ugh. Big old log. Log of cheese. Shout out for Florida Mike's birthday. Let's go. Happy birthday, Florida Mike. We're proud of you, Florida Mike. You did and, it. And, and the man you've become. Happy birthday. Glad buddy. to see you're doing well, Mike, because uh, last time he texted in, he was battling COVID. Oh. Ooh. Hasn't texted in since then. Oh, gosh. So, yeah. If we would have just kind of done like a, a clean audit throughout the text line, we right. could have been really worried <laughs> exactly. if we hadn't heard from Florida Mike. Glad you're doing well, buddy. Happy birthday. Indiana Tim here. We got Florida Mike and Indiana Tim. <laughs> raise your ha- raise your kids to make decisions that are best for them and do what makes them happy. Still a chance that Sharp just wants to be playing college basketball next year. Oh, I thought you were going to go a different way with that, Indiana Tim. But, you, again, could happen. That's, that's why my – I don't know what the harm is, is just like let's follow common sense. Top ten pick goes to draft. But if there's a pleasant surprise, then there's a pleasant surprise. But I don't think there will be here. I wouldn't want to get anybody's hopes up and thinking that there could be. I think we've been saying since the day that we found out he was draft eligible, which was not a good day. Nope. That he was probably going to be gone. You just don't get it all that often. But in the end, Tim, you are right. That's good perspective. At the end of the day, maybe his dreams were to play college basketball. and Or maybe his dream just showing up on campus was enough to be like, eh, I'm good. I can cross that. I was yeah. a college a college student, <laughs> college basketball <laughs> he, player. He, for the rest of his life, when he's filling out uh, census surveys or whatever it may be, he could check the box that says some college. What if, I wish like for the fans that are just – like what if – his first contract, he's got to give two percent back to UK. Are you all? And then is everybody square? Like, is there any sort of negotiating here that can make these whiners happy? That's my favorite part of this whole thing. Is like, they gave him to it for free? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they like go around their house slamming cabinets. That could have gone to a regular <laughs> student. No, it was just sitting there. And Sorry. you know these dorks. Anytime they just see Shade and Sharp's picture, they're going to be clinching their fists and be <laughs> like, "That guy, he broke my heart." Free college. Ugh. What did Cal do to you? What do you think is the most likely result if Louisville hires Jerks? Did you really screw up that bad when he got fired? I don't know what you mean by the most likely result. I'll make fun he's, of them a lot. He's asking. Just how do you think it would unfold? Like, would it be a good thing? Yeah. thing is, I don't think things would change that much other than he would fire Scott Satterfield pretty quickly. It'd be a good thing for UofL. There's just no way around, and and it's it's all money related because they'd be they they would be able to. Ooh, but the know, thing is, the you know who they wouldn't get. Yeah, yeah, they would not get Jeff. And Brom signed that extension anyways. Yeah, which was interesting. 
wonder yeah, what the I mean, buyout is. You know the buyout is on that? Uh, I don't know. I, didn't, I haven't checked. But, yeah, there's 0% chance that but Jeff Brom's is, working for Tom Jurich. They could get somebody better than Brom, realistically. Could they? If they have enough money. Yeah, I think so. I, I do. I, it'd yeah, be, it, it would be a good thing for U of Athletics. Now, could there be scandals and could there be issues and could there be more controversy? Why the hell not? Jurich is a win-at-all-cost guy. But they, it, but just from a money standpoint, it'd be good for them. Again, I think. I think what you what the what you said earlier is the biggest nail on the head. These guys and creating some sort of mill collective is where the real benefits of money. They don't need new stadiums. They don't need. They're building their Denny Crum house for the for the basketball team. They're fine on facilities. They need to pour their money into nil because I saw as many UK ads in Louisville as I did. Louisville football ads mm-hmm. last year it just wasn't, wasn't a thing. Oh, you could maybe get more miles ahead, stupid billboards on sixty four. Yep, that could happen that. too. Think if TJ could sell Mark Lynn just one house set for life. <laughs> well, could, I'm not a real estate agent, eh, but many people are saying it would be pretty sweet. It would be pretty sweet. How can UVL tell the NCAA their things are changing their administrator when they hire the AD who is in charge during all of their cheating? Well, in a perfect world, you get your punishment back from the NCAA, and then you hire them. No, you, that's just, what they're just waiting on. You're you're over it, but I, I don't I don't know. It is interesting, and UVL people are quick to point it out. The NCAA now saying like they don't want to punish the wrong people and people that weren't there. All those things would seem to suggest that like UVL shouldn't get a severe punishment. They but should. if you brought George back, would that change things? I don't know. Maybe secondly, hire Rick Pitino as Kenny Payne's assistant coach. But I'll tell you what, too. Now that like a line has been drawn in the sand, if U of L does the quote unquote right thing and just moves on from Jurich, let's just keep on this dip new path. Those people are probably going to feel slighted even more so than they already have. They already complain that they haven't been in the program, blah, blah, blah. And U of L complains that they haven't been giving money to the program. That's not going to get resolved by not hiring Tom Jurich. So that if you want U of L athletics to not do well, could be good news. Uh, another texture on the Thornton's text line. It's yeah. really a win-win either way, though, because if they hire Jurich, just the laughs, the jokes. Mm-hmm. Oh, one texture says, to show ultimate KRC support, I'm going to have Grady. I'm going to go see Grady and have him sign my Salsaritas burrito. That's the, that's great. Pure cool. Just stop by Thornton's on your way up to Lexington. Oh, and Fuel up. Man, great idea. Another texture on Thornton's text line says, I picture the UK fans saying, Sharp, he took her scholarship. <laughs> like the Scarf Park guy saying, they took her germs. Back to the pile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. All right, we're out of time. Anything that we missed? I'm sure there's probably some big stuff that we missed today. Yeah, I think we did a good job. Today. Oh, do yourself a favor and see the Abby Steiner YouTube video of her double in 100 and 200 meters. She basically set just like world records if you factor in wind, and like two hours apart from one another. It's crazy. She's so good. The hell is that? Set a world record if you factor in wind. Non-wind aided, so indoor. Gotcha. Probably no. Okay. It's outdoor. Oh. But the, like they had such strong headwinds that they can adjust. So like her time, her time was amazing. Even taking into consideration the wind, I think it's like an NCAA record. But if you take in the win factor, I think they were they saying it was like off the, like the best. Or it was like a world record. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Um, they were down in, I think, Baton Rouge, and it looked like a windy day. And they just – and seeing her, too, she's like a, she's like a little white girl. And she gets behind in every race, 
And then just her closing Boom. speed is unlike anything well, I've ever seen and, in my life. And to your point, normally these track athletes are pretty strong, pretty muscular. And she's just this little girl she, just fine. She does, exactly. Yeah. She just looks normal. She doesn't like, she look looks like, like an a average, normal track athlete. She, and, and it's not because – it's mainly because Roush is right. She just isn't like kind of yoked, as the kids would say. Uh, but it, she's that video is insane. It just you feel like you're not watching. Dante Allen is committed to Western Kentucky. Nice. Woo! Shout out to Jude Redfield. Wow. Shout out. You did it, Jude. Man. He was pushing for it a long time ago. Go Tam- go, tampering. Go get some buckets, Dante. Dante Allen. I'm just not a big Rick Stansberry guy, but I will Ooh. be rooting for Western and are I'll you be gonna, rooting for Dante. Are you going to put the dollar sign in front of his name? Like, like Jeff Goodman? Oh. Stansberry? Hilarious. <laughs> if I do it every time, it'll be even funnier. Oscar Sheway is a Kentucky Colonel, just like myself. Can you get nil through the Kentucky Colonel Foundation? Are you a Colonel? No, that's bullcrap. Yikes. Somebody make Roush a colonel. My dad did it for me. It was very nice. An unexpected gift. All right, everybody have a good day. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. It is kind of meaningless, but cool. Because, you know, I'm a colonel. You're not. Oh, suck it. That sucks, Mr. Colonel, to you. Macarena. Ay,